I'm Dr. Bob. I invented AuraBrush. We first tried to sell it in an infomercial, which was not successful at all. We then tried to sell it in the retail, and nobody had any interest in it. Kind of in a last-ditch effort, he takes it to the local university here and takes it to a marketing class and says to them, listen, I just don't know how to market the thing. The German women did themselves prouder than those at Aquae Sextae, taking up arms and fighting a last-ditch effort against the Romans before many of them were taken prisoner and enslaved. Nakajima asked Masaya Nakamura to help distribute the games in exchange for a cut of the profit. Nakamura agreed. However, Atari Japan kept losing money. Nakajima even had to use some of his own personal savings to keep the operation going. In the end, it was his own employees who were stealing money from the company. In a last-ditch effort, Nakajima flew to the United States to meet with Atari executives, begging to let him keep going. But Atari was losing too much money, and decided to sell Atari Japan to the highest bidder. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. Oh, g'day guys. Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. Talking a bit quickly this morning because I have had too much caffeine. Tell you what, it's interesting. I am on the keto diet at the moment, guys. I'm sure you've probably heard me ranting and raving about the keto diet. I did it in the past for a year, but I am on it recently, trying to lose a bit of weight. I've lost about six kilos so far, but it is a very low-carb high fat and medium protein diet. It's kind of like the Atkin diet, except less protein, more fat. The idea being that your body runs on the fats instead of the carbohydrates. So, I'm on that at the moment. And as a result, I kind of have to switch over to black coffee. I can't have cappuccinos, lattes, mochas, um, you know, all those different kinds of coffees with milk because milk has way, way too many carbohydrates in it. So, as a result, I'm drinking more black coffee uh, in the mornings, but then I tend to gravitate towards things like Pepsi Max, right? And I I guess you have to kind of pick your evils. You know, it's probably not the best thing in the world to be drinking more Pepsi Max, but I'm drinking less coffee, so it probably balances out. Anyway, as a result, I've drunk a few Pepsi Maxes in the last few hours and I am pepped up. I am high on caffeine, stimulated. I'm awake. Anyway, it's been an interesting few weeks. I've been getting into whiskey as well as one of the more recent hobbies because I was trying to sort of find an alcoholic drink that I could have that would not have too many carbs in it. You know, normally, as you guys will probably know, I like my beers. I'm into my sort of, you know, craft beers, IPAs, the sort of stronger, flavoursome beers. Um, And as a result... Can't really have those at the moment, so I have to switch on to something else. And I, after a month and a half of not drinking anything, you know, no wine, no beer, no nothing, I was, I don't even know how I got into it, but I, I was watching something on YouTube, I think, 
learning a bit about whiskey, how it's made, why it's so interesting to drink, and sort of like me and coffee, being very interested in these bitter flavours in coffee, you know, tasting the differences. Um, Whiskey is an alcohol that is very similar in that sense where no two whiskies are alike. You know, they end up with completely different flavours, profiles, notes, everything like that. So, kind of went down a rabbit hole for a few days, decided to buy some whiskey and have been getting into it more and more ever since. But yeah, that's been, it's been an interesting ride. Been an interesting ride. Anyway, enough ranting, enough ranting. Welcome to the episode, guys. Uh, Don't forget, before we get into it, if you want the transcripts and the downloads for only the podcast episodes, you can join up to the premium podcast at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. You can join up to that membership and you will be able to download the transcripts. You'll be able to use the premium podcast player to read and listen simultaneously on your phone, on your computer. And you'll also be able to download all the MP3 files separately to play with on your computer as well. If you want to join the academy, you can do so. Again, just go to aussieenglish.com.au forward slash academy. And remember, inside the academy, there are hundreds of courses based around things like the expression courses, where you'll get numerous videos breaking down pronunciation, other expressions used, vocabulary. There are natural English conversation courses to get used to things like ordering coffee, going to the airport, uh, catching up with friends for a barbie, you know, those kinds of natural conversations, shadowing courses, and there is also a lot of group calls. There are three group calls for students every single week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with teacher Ian, who is an Aussie. They tend to talk about interesting Australian facts and uh, news and current affairs stories, topics like that. And uh, also, my friends Fabiano and Gisela, who are both in the academy, they run student calls every single day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for about an hour or so, sometimes up to an hour and a half. And these guys, it's a good way of meeting other students in the academy, practicing your English speaking, and you're not in a sort of pressurized environment because there are no native speakers around usually. You can just hang out, you can relax, you can build your confidence, and you can talk about whatever you want in English. So, go check out the Academy. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. So, today's episode, the expression is a last-ditch effort. A last-ditch effort. I wonder if you've heard this expression before. Before we get into the expression, though, as always, I have a joke for you, okay? Here's a joke. Why did the old man fall in the hole? Why did the old man fall in the hole? Because he couldn't see that well. (laughs) Oh, God. Horrible. Horrible. Right? You get it? He couldn't see that well. So, the, the pun here is on, I guess, the phrase, that well. So, you could have the word well, meaning, you know, a hole in the ground that's been dug down deep usually until it reaches a water source, right, groundwater below the ground. And the water wells up inside the well, and you can use a bucket to get the water out and drink that water. But you could also say that well, as in, um, in a good way, right? So, if he can't do something very well, he can't do a good job at it. So, if he can't see very well, he is unable to see efficiently. Right? So, why did the old man fall into the hole? 
because he couldn't see that well. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Let's get into the expression. A last ditch effort. A last ditch effort. So, let's define the words in this expression. Last. If something is last, it is coming after all the other things. In order, in time, it's the final thing, right? It is the last thing coming at the end. Ditch. So, here, if we were to use this as a noun, a ditch is a narrow channel dug at the side of a road or field to hold or carry away water. So, if you're driving along a road, could be a dirt road, could be a bitumen road, you'll notice on the sides of the road, there's a ditch, kind of like a narrow channel that's dug into the ground. And that is where water is meant to collect and go away from the road. It's a ditch. We can also use this as a verb. So, you could ditch something. That can mean to get rid of something or give up on something. I guess it's to sort of like throw that thing in the ditch to get rid of it. You know, oh, ditch it. It's bad. Get rid of it. Chuck it out. Ditch it. I think it can also be used the word ditch. To ditch a road, for example, might be to create a ditch or to put ditches on the side of a road. And then lastly, in a similar way to throwing something out, an aircraft can be ditched. And that means to bring the aircraft down on water in an emergency. You'll ditch the aircraft into water. So, if I was on a Qantas flight, you know, flying back to Australia, they ran into trouble, engine trouble, one of the engines fell off or something, the captain of the plane might ditch it in the ocean. Okay? And the word effort, another noun here, effort, an effort, is a vigorous or determined attempt at something, right? It's an effort. So, you might put in a lot of effort into your English, which I assume you're doing if you're listening to this podcast. You are putting in the effort. You're putting in a determined attempt to improve your English. You're putting in a vigorous attempt to improve your English effort. All right. So, what does a last ditch effort mean in this sense? A last ditch effort. A last ditch effort is a desperate final attempt at something. So, it's used to describe an act that is made at the end of a series of failures to solve a problem and it is not expected to succeed, right? It is the final attempt of you trying to do something and you give it your all. You put in all the effort you can muster, that you can imagine. You really give it a try, but you are not likely to succeed. So, where did this expression originate from? This expression alludes to the military sense of a last ditch, the last line of defence. Its figurative use dates all the way back to the 1800s, right, in the time where ditch warfare or trench warfare was a big thing. So, it originates in the war between the states in the United States of America. Southern soldiers, mostly country boys, didn't know a lot about the terminology of warfare and therefore trenches. But they did know about digging ditches and used the word ditch instead of trench. When a group of Americans were under siege at Petersburg, Virginia, they vowed to fight the Yankees to the last ditch, referring to the in-depth system of trenches. They dug these ditches and were prepared to fight to the last, the innermost ditch, right? So, they would get pushed back from one ditch to another ditch to another ditch and they were willing to fight until the last ditch. They were willing to put in a last ditch effort, right? So, let's get into some examples of how I would use this more contemporaneously, right, in today's day and age. 
So, example number one, you're married to a man or a woman and you've got a beautiful family. But after a few years of living in this, you know, happy family life, things start going downhill. Things start going awry. The relationship is on the rocks with you, your husband or your wife, and things start to deteriorate. So, you do everything you can to try and fix this. Maybe you go on more dates. Maybe you spend more quality time together. You spend a lot of time communicating and discussing your issues and feelings, but nothing seems to be doing the trick. Nothing seems to be working. So, in a last-ditch effort, you sign your marriage up or you sign both you and your husband or wife up to marriage counselling, hoping that it's going to save your relationship, to save your marriage. It's a last-ditch effort before you guys get divorced. Example number two. Imagine that you are a rugby team which has worked hard all season fighting tooth and nail to win every single game and get into the finals with a shot at winning the premiership. So, you've trained really hard, you've done really well, but in the finals, you seem to be falling apart. You seem to be falling behind in the score and not playing as well as you should be. At the last part of the second half in your rugby match, your team is down by only a few points and your coach calls a timeout to give you guys a bit of a pep talk, to try and encourage you guys, okay? He wants you to put in a last-ditch effort to win the game and win that premiership. So, he's going to give you a pep talk, try and encourage you so that you guys can put in your final last-ditch effort to win the game. Example number three. At the time of recording this, Melbourne and regional Victoria are still in lockdown because of COVID-19, although the restrictions are slowly starting to improve. So, we were in quarantine though earlier because the numbers skyrocketed again, the number of COVID cases as a result of it spreading from a quarantine hotel in Melbourne a few months back. Numbers eventually climbed up to something like 700 cases every single day and 20 or more deaths, mostly from the elderly in nursing homes, tragically. In a last-ditch effort to bring those numbers down, The Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, put stage four lockdown restrictions into place for the Melbourne area and stage three lockdown restrictions for regional Victoria, and it seems to be paying off. This last-ditch effort seems to have had a success. It seems to have really brought down the numbers so that now I think there's only a few tens of cases in Melbourne and less than one case every single day in Victoria. So, thanks to Daniel Andrews putting in that last-ditch effort, He's probably saved hundreds of lives and quelled this second wave of COVID in Australia. So, there you go, guys. There is the expression for you, a last-ditch effort. Remember, this is a desperate final attempt at achieving something, and it's used to describe an act that is made at the end of a series of failures to solve a problem and when it's not expected to succeed. So, you're expecting you might fail, but you're putting in everything, a last-ditch effort. So, as usual, guys, let's have a quick listen to how this expression was being used in those examples from the start of this episode. Let's go. I'm Dr. Bob. I invented Brush. We first tried to sell it in an infomercial, which was not successful at all. We then tried to sell it in the retail, and nobody had any interest in it. Kind of in a last-ditch effort, he takes it to the local university here and takes it to a marketing class and says to them, listen, just don't know how to market the thing. The German women did themselves prouder than those at Aquae Sexti, taking up arms and fighting a last-ditch effort against the Romans before many of them were taken prisoner and enslaved. Nakajima asked Masaya Nakamura 
to help distribute the games in exchange for a cut of the profit. Nakamura agreed. However, Atari Japan kept losing money. Nakajima even had to use some of his own personal savings to keep the operation going. In the end, it was his own employees who were stealing money from the company. In a last-ditch effort, Nakajima flew to the United States to meet with Atari executives, begging to let him keep going. But Atari was losing too much money and decided to sell Atari Japan to the highest bidder. All right, hopefully those examples now made sense. So, don't forget to go and check those out. They'll be in the show notes and in the transcript if you want to watch the full videos where they came from. But before we finish up, let's go through some listen and repeat exercises to practice your pronunciation and then we'll talk a little bit about Australia and Gallipoli in the Aussie fact part. So, let's go through the listen and repeat exercise, guys. Listen and repeat after me. Let's go. A. A last. A last ditch. A last ditch effort. A last ditch effort. A last ditch effort. A last ditch effort. A last-ditch effort. I put in a last-ditch effort. You put in a last-ditch effort. He put in a last-ditch effort. She put in a last-ditch effort. We put in a last-ditch effort. They put in a last-ditch effort. It put in a last-ditch effort. Great job, guys. Now, there is a lot going on there in terms of connected speech. The first thing you might notice is that last ditch, the T and the D join together and it just sounds like the D at the front of ditch. So, you're going to hear last ditch, last ditch, last ditch. This happens quite often when you have two consonants next to one another and we're speaking with connected speech. Last ditch. You'll notice as well that the ch sound at the end of ditch starts the word effort. Last ditch effort. Last ditch effort. And then when we go through the different sentences that we said, you'll notice that put in, we're using the T flap, where the T at the end of put links to the word in, put in, put in. And then the word in links to the word a before last ditch effort. And the word a is reduced to just a. I put in a last-ditch effort. Put in a. Put in a. Right? They're reduced. Those are weakened syllables. I put in a last-ditch effort. You put in a last-ditch effort. So, pay attention to those kinds of connected speech aspects of pronunciation. Pay attention to the rhythm, everything like that, because it'll help you sound a lot more natural when speaking English. Anyway, 
Let's quickly go through the last little bit here where I want to read an excerpt from the Australian War Memorial website. So, you can go and check this out at www.awm.gov.au and the article is called Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Most of the men recruited into the Australian Imperial Force at the outbreak of the First World War in August 1914 were sent to Egypt to meet the threat which the Ottoman Empire, Turkey, posed to the British interests in the Middle East and to the Suez Canal. After four and a half months of training near Cairo, the Australians departed by ship for the Gallipoli Peninsula, together with troops from New Zealand, Britain and France. The aim of the deployment was to assist a British naval operation which aimed to force the Dardanelles Strait and capture the Turkish capital Constantinople. The Australians landed at what became known as Anzac Cove on the 25th of April 1915 and they established a tenuous foothold on the steep slopes above the beach. During the early days of the campaign, the Allies tried to break through the Turkish lines and the Turks tried to drive the Allied troops off the peninsula. Concerted but unsuccessful, Allied attempts to break through in August included the Australian attacks at Lone Pine and the Neck. All attempts ended in failure for both sides, and the ensuing stalemate continued for the remainder of 1915. The most successful operation of the campaign was the evacuation of the troops on the 19th and 20th of December, under cover of a comprehensive deception operation. As a result, the Turks were unable to inflict more than a few casualties on the retreating forces. The whole Gallipoli operation, however, cost 26,111 Australian casualties, including 8,141 deaths. Despite this, it has been said that Gallipoli had no influence on the course of the war. The most tragic thing is that the only positive thing to come out of Gallipoli was the fact that they were able to retreat so effectively without losing any soldiers. And you should go and check out the Anzacs and their use of the Action Drip Rifle from episode 418, the expression to stab someone in the back. This was the ingenious contraption that they used to cause their rifles to fire and pretend that there were soldiers still in the ditches, still in the trenches whilst they were retreating and they kind of set up these incredibly clever little contraptions where water dripped from buckets and when the water slowly ran out it caused these rifles to fire anyway guys that's enough for today i hope you've enjoyed this episode i am pete your host this is aussie english it's a pleasure and i'll see you next time g'day mate thanks for listening to the aussie english podcast If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon.
The clips used in today's episode are from the YouTube channels Aura Brush, Top Tens, and Gaming Historian. If you'd like to check them out, they'll be in the transcript and the podcast show notes. Catch you guys.